This is Run Hunter, brought to you by Raider Media. Coming up on the show, I chat to Two Oceans Golden Girl, Hadestain. Look ahead to the Freenus Zitzman race against drugs. Head to the Winelands for the Yan Bry Marathon. Find out more about Trailblazer Bruce. Catch up with the Q-Ball and Tech Steve. And profile Wanderers Athletic Club. Welcome to the show. My sincerest apologies for the radio silence over the past two weeks. I was stuck in Stellenbosch, and I'm using inverted commas because you can't really be stuck in Stellenbosch. Uh, You want to be there. It's not like uh, I wanted to escape. But uh, I was there for the World Schools Rugby Festival. It was a great event. Congratulations to all the schools that took part and for the event organizers for putting on a fantastic show. Ten schools from overseas taking on ten from South Africa. Of course, the South African teams dominated, but uh, we'd expect no less. Uh, I was also there for a wedding uh, and wine and meat and the works. It sounds like I was at the Jan Bry Marathon, but that's still to come. And you can hear about it a little later in the show. It's going to be epic. As always, make sure to leave comments about the show on Twitter at DerekAlberts1. Or you can simply email us, info at Raider.media. That's Raider, R-A-Y-D-E-R dot media. You know how to spell media, that's fine. It's another episode of your favorite South African running podcast. Let's dive straight in. Gonna hit the ground running. We're back in Joburg for a big race coming up this weekend, uh, truly a popular one, and uh, one that I've heard a lot of people speaking about, taking place uh, at, it's called the Freenus Zitzman Race Against Drugs. It's organized by Mamelodi Athletic Club on the line. I've got one of the organizers, Don Dutoy. Don, thanks for joining us. Are you excited uh, for the weekend? Oh, very much, and thank you very much uh, for giving us this opportunity to say something about this great race. Yeah, it certainly is great. I mean, I've heard wonderful things about it. And, yeah, tell us a bit more about it. What what can people expect? Uh, so certainly the, the event is going to start at uh, 7.30 in the morning, and there will be a 5 kilometers, 10 and a 21.1. And the course is considered to be a really a fast fast course. And then uh, the, the Metro Police will be in tenants, marshals, and there will be four water points on the road for coke and water, et cetera. And... Uh, the race is going to start and finish at Bulditch Athletic Stadium in Pretoria West. You say it's considered to be a fast race. Now, as I tell everyone, you don't need to 
talk us through every kilometer of the 21 kilometer route but give us an idea of the route and what people can expect to find certainly the, the, the start is going to be in the street we call Sauter Street Pretoria West which is flat and then they will join the Charlotte Maseki Street which is basically a stretch of about 3 kilometers slightly downhill and then they basically the industrial area of Pretoria West which, which is flat and uh, each category is considered as a flat, of course. And what? Uh, how have entries been, and, and are entries still open? Can people uh, sign up to, to run this weekend? Yes, yeah, certainly the entries are going well at the, some of the sporting outlets and also online, and then the people will be able to enter on Saturday morning from 0500 hours in, in the morning. Okay, and you say 7.30 starter. It's a nice start, that not too early, especially as we approach uh, the colder mornings. Uh, we are certainly starting to feel it. I was up at 5 this morning. Uh, it felt as if it was us uh, walking around at around 1 a.m., given the temperature and the light outside. So it's, it's a great time. And taking place oh. this Saturday. That's coming Saturday, exactly. And also I can mention that it's also a part of the Athletic Shutting North Successful Road Running League system and it's one of the league races for this month. Fantastic stuff. Don Detoy, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We wish you all the success uh, for this coming weekend. The Frenis Zitzman Race Against Drugs. It all gets underway at 7.33 distances, the 5, the 10 and of course the favourite, the 21. Have a great race, Don. Thank you very much. Gonna hit the ground running from the Frenus Zitzman to a slightly longer race taking place in the Mother's City, and all eyes will be on one particular competitor. Gonna hit the ground running. Now, it's not long to go before the world's most beautiful race takes to the streets of Cape Town. Of course, I'm talking about the Two Oceans Marathon, 56 kilometers, and the date is the 20th of April 2019. And I can guarantee one woman chomping at the bit to get going is the defending champion on the women's side, Hada Stain. Hada, privileged to have you on the line. Wow, you must be excited. Hi, Derek. Yes, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. And yes, I am super excited now. <laughs> so, so tell me what preparations have been like. I understand that you've been, uh, you spent quite a bit of time in Lesotho training at altitude as you look to defend your crown in Cape Town. Yes, that's correct. Um, I've done my preparation now. I started in February um, to train towards this ultramarathon. Um, before that, I focused more on speed training and more track work and so forth. But yes, now I'm, I was focused now on the Two Oceans uh, ultramarathon. Uh, like you said, I'm here to defend my title this year which is a, a great honor for me, and I want to give myself the best possible chance to be in the best shape that I can be. So, yes, I spent a few, two weeks or so in the situ. Um, I did that as well last year, just for some altitude training, high altitude training. And, yes, it's been a great build-up until now. Talk us through the 2018 event, because it's not as if you weren't a big name going into the race, but you certainly 
upped your pedigree uh, 56 kilometers later because if people hadn't heard of you prior to the race, they, they certainly would never forget you afterwards. And uh, I mean, you announced yourself as uh, the new sensation in SA Ultra Running. Um, your time, 3 hours, 39 minutes and 26 seconds. It, it was a phenomenal effort. Yes, it was an incredible day in my life, in my career, everything. Um, it's definitely changed my career quite significantly. Before that, I wasn't, I, I'm still a very young runner. I've not been on the scene for very long. So before that, I might, I, I, I might have been one of the favorites, but I certainly wasn't the ultimate favorite for the race. So yes, the race went well for me on the day. Uh, I think it played into my hands, really. I had a, a I had a race plan and it worked out for me. Um, on the day, I, I I was able to 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 carry out the plan that I set myself and my coach set beforehand, and it it worked out for me. It played into my hands. I was fortunate enough to take the lead only in a later stage of the race, which was also it it was it was more relaxing not to be in the lead for a long long time. So, yes, after 50 kilometers, I took the lead and I was the first lady home. <laughs> yeah, well, t- talk us through that as well. I mean, I was watching it uh, with mouth agape at your performance. I mean, you looked comfortable throughout. And then around the three-hour mark, you said you, you passed Poland's Dominika Stalmach. And, I mean, that smile never left your face. I, I think that's the overriding <clears throat> memory to me and a lot of people watching was that I mean, I sp- speak about the fact that you look comfortable. I'm, I'm sure that had a lot to do with your smile. But yeah, you, you came through at the end, uh, <laughs> teeth, uh, massive teeth at the forefront. And yeah, you, you came through smiling t- to capture the victory. But I mean, that overtaking of Stalmacher is the overriding memory for me. Yes, definitely for me as well. Um, if I think back about the race last year, that's definitely the moment that I remember. And that was the the real changing point, and yes, it was it was quite scary for me. I I will admit, um, when I took the lead, there was only one thing that was in my mind, and I just said to myself, "You must remember, you took the lead now. There's no chance you can let anyone get past you now, and all you have to do is just look in front of you, give your best, don't look back." I don't know why why I said that to myself so many times, but I, the only thing I could just remember saying to myself is. Don't look back. Just look in front of you and do your best. So, yes, I think um, the moment I got on the grass um, in front of the UCT's um, buildings, uh, that's where the new energy gets into your system and the big smile, I, you just can't help yourself. I had goosebumps. And even now, just talking about it, I get goosebumps all over again. It was definitely a moment in my life that I'll remember forever. And, of course, by virtue of your performance at the Two Oceans Marathon, as mentioned, it certainly did put you on the map in terms of an ultra-marathon running sensation. And that got you an invite to the Big Apple to take part at the New York Marathon. Yes, that's absolutely correct. After my win last year at the Two Oceans Marathon, um, I was invited to run as an elite um, in the New York City Marathon, which was an incredible experience. Um, it was such an honor to be there on the on the front line um, of um, lining up against the world's best marathon runners. It was a real special moment, and I definitely can say that um, it was because of my uh, victory in two oceans, because it was straight after that when I was contacted. 
So it just led to another incredible experience. And yeah, I, I was very fortunate to have that opportunity. You finished 13th there, if I'm not mistaken, a time of two hours, 31 minutes, and I think four seconds, which uh, is that still your PB when it comes to the 42K? Yes, that's still my PB. I was very happy to get a time like that. Um, as we know, or the listeners might know, that New York Marathon is known to be a quite tougher, quite a bit tougher than the other um, major marathons in the world. So they've got a few bridges to cross. The weather can be uh, uncertain. Uh, so there's a few uh, reasons why it's quite a tough route, but. I have to say, uh, training in South Africa, and especially here in Gauteng, it's flat um, compared to anything that you can find here. So I was very fortunate, and I think that paid off for me on the day. And yes, it's still my personal best. Um, I have not raced a marathon uh, since then, so that's still my best time for the moment. Yeah, that leads me to my next question, because... So you go in and win uh, the two oceans, 56 kilometers there. You go over to New York, uh, you set a PB there. And I think one of the hallmarks of your training regime and, and maybe your short but relatively well, very successful career so far is that you're able to compete in any distance, really. I mean, be it 10 kilometer or 56 kilometer, you've really shown your power no matter the distance. Uh, is that still the case, or are you going to focus on the long distances now? You, you said that you haven't run a marathon since New York. Yes. Um, yes, I think for me personally, um, I think it's just because I've never really, uh, since uh, 2014, uh, being an athlete was never even here in my radar. So when I was at school and university, I never used to be an athlete or a runner in any distance, really. So I think for me now, the shorter distances, it's very exciting and it's interesting for me because I've never had that experience and it's very different to the ultra marathons. Um, everything is different. The training is different. The approach towards the race is different and it excites me in, an, in a way that, uh, yes, it's, it's something new for me. So um, I'm very excited about um, to see what the future holds for me in shorter distances as well. So at the moment, um, I think last year as well, it worked well for me to focus on the ultras in the beginning of the year. And after that, I switch over and I, tra- I, I change my training slightly to be able to um, work on my speed and just pick up a little bit of experience in that field as well. And I have to say, it keeps my training interesting. It keeps my focus on, on all sorts of stuff. So it's, I, I love the way that um, my coach... Um, planned my year for me and we sit together and plan it carefully but yes it's very enjoyable and I take pride in the fact that I can compete to on any distance and that is really what I'm going for. Yeah and that leads me to my next question you mentioned your coach uh, when you go out to run uh, well in two weeks time you'll once again be resplendent in that green of Nedbank Running Club which uh, is unmistakable out on the road you, you guys have had a, a fantastic couple of events so far but uh, what's it been like uh, being amongst the team? Um, it's an incredible experience since I started taking running more seriously Nedbank has really been there for me they helped me develop uh, they've given me support they've showed me in many, many ways, what it takes to be an athlete and what it takes to be or try and become a winner. That is something that is very important, I think, is to have peers and 
to have some others to look up to and see how they do it. And just, yeah, it's, it's an incredible experience to have others um, around you that is doing the same thing as you and going for the same, have the same sort of mindset and goals as you. And it really helps. It just keeps your focus, I think. And I, I've been I've been very, very lucky to be a part of the team. I think this year the green team will be incredibly strong. Um, my biggest competitors will be amongst my own team. So um, it's, it's, it's a great experience and it's um, good to see that many other South Africans and internationals also compete in and, and get support from an incredible club like that. Yeah, there's no doubt that you are going to be facing civ competition from your teammates, as you said. But there are a few yes. teams that uh, y- you certainly will be looking over your shoulder with regards to uh, staying ahead of it. And one would be one of the new kids on the block in Marion Roberts. Yes, I think they've also got a strong team. Um, but like I said, I do think that the, in my own home, <laughs> the competition will be from there. But it's exciting to see new teams in South Africa. It's exciting to see sponsors still investing money in running. That's very, very exciting. We've seen that in Marion Roberts recently. We've seen it in MassMart, how they've invested in a women's team. So it's it's exciting and it gives hope for the sport. And, yeah, I think everyone looking at it, we'll, we'll also see that it, there's really, there's a lot of potential and, a, and it's an exciting future for running South Africa. It's interesting that you mentioned that uh, a couple of years ago, being a professional athlete was nowhere near on your radar. Now, you're not even 30 yet, but uh, you are considered uh, one of the foremost ultra runners in South Africa and one of the best in the world. Um, what would you say to listeners who are on the underside of 30, where by the they're performing, but they just can't get over that that limit between being a complete amateur to, uh, I don't want to say professional, because I don't want to say they want to be earning money for what they're doing, but just taking it up a notch. Yeah. I mean, what changed your mindset when you realized, hey, I'm actually bloody good at this? I think there's quite a few things, actually, um, that is very important for someone like that. I get contacted every now and then by someone saying, I'm running, I'm training, I'm enjoying it, I'm improving, but my improvement is slow or I just don't know how to get from where I am to just one step up. And um, that's really difficult because you don't learn about these things in social media or even in media, in you know, and, and I think it's important um, for us or someone like me who's been through the whole process to also help athletes like that. But I think if I can think just out of, at the top of my head, uh, something like just following a program, something, someone, I don't say everyone has to have a coach. It's not always necessary. And it doesn't always fit into someone's life, but just fo- following something, structure, some structure, some sort of plan that you work towards to set yourself goals. Uh, the, the other, obviously, is for um, finding friends or another group to run with to help you, to guide you and do training at the same pace as you or can even push you a little bit. So, yes, and also someone like me, I mean, just if there's others out there in the same position as me, it was for me such a close, such a near miss that I missed my talent and I could could have gone through life never even developing my, my talent for running and it was so close and I just, I just wish that I can go get, find other people like me and just 
show them that it doesn't matter if, if you weren't a star runner at school or or in, in on the netball field, but that you do, you should not think that it can't be you. It can be you. It can be anyone. I was the last person who my who, 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 someone looking from the outside would have thought to win the two oceans, and here I am today. So never doubt in yourself, and never think that you have to stand back because someone else has done more miles than you and more years of training. So yes. <laughs> so you were. A very good runner. You're doing it as a passion more than anything. You realize you're very good at it. Uh, you switched over to become a professional, and uh, that just uh, went from strength to strength. Um, uh, how have you managed to double up your personal life with your professional life? I mean, uh, we all know just as amateurs how tough it is being able to maintain a healthy running regime and manage uh, your professional life, personal life, etc. Um, but if you're doing this as a career, I mean, there's no doubt there are plenty more hours out on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, has, has your personal life taken a knock? I mean, do you get much free time with family, friends, etc.? Um, I'd say my personal my personal life, I wouldn't call it a knock, but I've, I'll definitely say that it has changed significantly. <laughs> so um, before I started running, I was just working as well. On uh, It was a very demanding job, uh, office job. Um, I was a quantity surveyor. So yes, I had to juggle between having time to run and having time for friends and having time for work and even extra hours sometimes. So I fully understand how difficult that is for anyone, especially for training for an ultra marathon. It's it's very tough, and I've done it. I did it for the first few years. Um, yes, you have to make a lot of changes. You have to say no, thank you, many times, and your friends will not be happy with you after a couple of times. But to be honest, running is fulfilling in another way. So it changes, but it's not. I don't. I don't miss anything. I don't. I feel a void in my life because I have to make all these decisions for running. Running is fulfilling in another way. So nowadays I, I don't work anymore in the office. So I've got more time on my hands to, to put into running. But even so, I don't necessarily spend the time socializing or anything. I just spend the time resting that I would have spent in the office. So yes, it, it's definitely life-changing. For me, it was significantly life-changing. and But yes, I don't look back for one day. Did, uh, did you have a run today yet? Yes, I have. I've done my run. I missed the rain because it was very rainy this morning. But <laughs> I waited just an hour or so, so I got a gap through in the weather. <laughs> and, and how did it go? What did you do? Um, I went to the track this morning, but uh, I've got to taper now because it's only it's less than two weeks to the race. So all my mileage and everything is just, um, stepping back for like a notch so it wasn't too jarring <laughs> lovely now I know it's still very early days and I know exactly your response is going to be you're going to focus on two oceans and then take it from there but we have to speak about the possibility of a double here in South Africa still a race that you've got to conquer coming up uh, in the near future in terms of the comrades marathon do you have an eye on that um, absolutely. The Comrades Marathon, that's taking place on the 9th of June. So, yes, um, if all goes well um, after two oceans and uh, I'm recovering for that, I'll definitely be targeting um, Comrades as my next main goal. 
Um, comrades, last year for the listeners, I placed second last year. So um, that's definitely like a dark cloud hanging over me. And there's not a day in my life that goes by that I don't think of that race and think of a strategy and how I'm going to approach it. So comrades, yes, that will definitely be my next goal. And yes, hopefully it all it will all go well until then. Yeah, you came excruciatingly close to to, to capturing that uh, last year, and, and it was sweet redemption for you, given that in 2017, if I remember correctly, at the build up to the 2017 comrades, uh, you suffered a, a stress fracture, so you you hardly did any running ahead of the the race down in KZN. Yes, that is absolutely correct. I was injured from from February until all through March. And I only I was only able to start training again in the beginning of April, and honestly, it was baby steps. I can remember so well. Uh, my first run was three kilometers, and then four kilometers, and then five kilometers, and then so I built it up, and um, that was in the beginning of April. So it was a very very tight uh, decision. Oh, it was actually not a decision for me to take. I decided not to do comrades, and then only two weeks before the race. I realized that actually I was fit and I managed to get fit through swimming and cross-training and through hiking and all sorts of things. So um, after that injury, I placed fourth in Comrades and that is really when, when my eyes opened and I just realized that I can I can be more than this if I train better. And yes, it, 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 was, it was such an incredible day for me and I think it's just that feeling there was enough to carry me all through, uh, even until today, it still sits with me, that feeling. And yes, I think for me to to be able to do the double, last year, um, everyone was saying that, they, 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 yes, there was talks about doing the double, which means then obviously winning two oceans and then winning comrades. And we've had that a few years ago with Caroline Horstman. She managed to do that. And um, yes, for me, it was obviously a, 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 a dream if, if, if it was even possible. But yes, it was a near, I nearly got it, but I don't um, regret uh, second place. My silver medal is beautiful and, and I don't take it for granted for a single day. Oh, I'm certainly so. And uh, uh, it's not that running is a massive betting sport, but if there are a few punters out there, uh, what odds would you give them if they were going to put down some cash now to say that Hadestain is going to do the double in 2019? Oh no! I will rather not say anything. That that there must be a cheating rule against that. <laughs> oh no! But I I will try my best this year. Um, after two oceans, um, is when I will try and assess my body and see how I will grow in recovery after this race because it is also a tough race, and I'm not using it as a training run. I'll I'll go all in if I line up on the day healthy and fit, I'll definitely put all in. Brilliant to you. The old Mutual Two Oceans Marathon taking place on the 20th of April, 56 kilometers, and it is dubbed the world's most beautiful race. Hannah Stain will be going to defend her crown. Just a reminder how she did last year, winning in a time of 3 hours, 39 minutes, and 26 seconds. Can she better that? But more importantly, can she repeat the performance and uh, capture top spot on the podium? Well, uh, we certainly think so. Hannah, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Best of luck uh, for the remaining couple of weeks uh, before you take on that massive challenge down in Cape Town.
thank you, Derek, and thank you for having me on the show. And also, best of luck for all the runners um, training for Comrades and Two Oceans. I'll be holding my fingers crossed for you, and I'll see you on the road. Lovely stuff. Cheers, Kata. Thank you, Derek. <laughs> Gonna hit the ground running. Kata Stain, what an athlete. Now, as mentioned, I just got back from Stellenbosch and my usual eatery of choice in the greater Cape Town area is Rare Grill in Kenilworth. Uh, Chef Greg Back's doing amazing things and uh, the place is consistently voted South Africa's number one steakhouse. But I decided to stay in one day and I ordered a burger uh, for delivery, so takeaway. Uh, I, I scrolled through the local eateries and I found at one place selling... The Yan Bry Burger, 100% pure medium rare beef patty topped with 18-month mature English cheddar, caramelized pickles, red onion, and Yan's own homemade burger relish. Of course, this is what the description had in the menu. Now, I messaged Yan and I asked if it's worth it. He replied saying, the patty is the special part made by a local butchery to my specifications, should be served on the rare side of medium, so I ordered it, and it was served exactly like that. And as I expected, it was absolutely delicious. But it's not a show about burgers at all. But now when you talk about Yan Bry, that's what you come to expect. Burgers, meat, meat, and more meat. But now you can add running and a bit of wine to the mix. Gonna hit the ground running. So, of course, as many people know, I'm a massive fan of running, but I'm particularly a fan of events which are a little off-center um, when it comes to adventure, when it comes to having fun. Those are the ones that I really, really um, try and hunt down. And uh, this next race encapsulates that idea to perfection. Still a couple of months away, but uh, yeah, this just to get your excitement levels brewing. Um, on the line, we've got a man who you'll know very, very well, but just out of a running context, but uh, he has been involved at the sport for, for quite a while now. In fact, uh, the initial event took place last year, but uh, this year will be the second running of the Jan Bry Marathon over in uh, the Western Cape. And on the line, we've got Jan Bry. Uh, Jan, thanks for joining us. Uh, tell us more about this uh, really interesting and uh, soon to be a, a spectacular event. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, I've been running and also cycling all my life because I was blessed by not having any ball sense whatsoever. <laughs> so uh, I'm not a guy who started running and cycling in middle age when I stopped playing those ball sports. I've, I've been doing it all my life. Um, I also like drying and uh, socializing around the fire a lot. So we started this event, the Unbry Marathon, last year with the aim of getting people to have healthy fit lifestyles, but also not be, uh, you know, caught up in a yoga vegan retreat. So the Jan Bry Marathon, as the name says, lots of drying and running. It's 42 kilometers over three days because I think 42 kilometers in one day is suicidal. And as we all know, the first guy who did a marathon died. So that's why I don't think you should run it in one day. So it starts 7 o'clock on the Friday evening in the Slungus Valley. It's about an hour's drive from Cape Town. So if you've got a horrible boss who makes you work on Friday afternoons, you can still make the start. If you're from Joburg, you would have to have a meeting in Cape Town on the Friday afternoon. <laughs> then uh, it's time to start at 7, which means the sun sets during the, the 8 kilometers that we jog and walk on the Friday evening. You're welcome to sprint it. 
but uh, we're not going to give you a medal if you get to the finish line first. Everybody gets the same valid medal, irrespective of where you are. In fact, we don't even time you. You can time yourself on Strava or Garmin or Fitbit or whatever. Then during the eight kilometers, we uh, stop twice at wine cellars and sample the local produce. And then uh, as you cross the finish line, you get a bottle of beer or a bottle of champagne in your hand. When about half of the participants have crossed the finish line, then uh, the live music starts. And then it's basically a party and a bride and big fires. Then uh, the next morning, we serve you Rustikuk and champagne. And then we set off for 21 kilometers through vineyards and Feinbos because I like vineyards and I like Feinbos. Uh, nothing too technical. I'm a big fan of trail running, but I'm not a big fan of mountain bouldering. So it's easy it's easy trails. It's all trails that the farmers in the Dwesklof and Slangwood built mainly for mountain biking. So it's it's all flowing. Um, there's the, you don't need uh, rock climbing ropes and you're probably not going to break a bone. So if you're looking for bragging rights on being the toughest guy out there, this is not the event for you. If you're looking for bragging rights on you've had an amazing fun weekend, then it's the, uh, the event for you. On the Saturday, we go through five different wine cellars. And obviously, the farmers are very proud of all their wines. So they serve their best wines at these cellars. At each cellar, the wine is paired with a bride meal. So somewhere you get some bride breakies, societies, chops. Uh, the Twizcliff cellar, they do even pizzas with meat on them. And then about uh, two hours if you're running hard or six hours if you're running easy. Obviously, it's uh, allowed. In fact, it's encouraged to leave the wine points. We don't call them water points. We call them wine points. And if you grab a whole bottle of wine to keep you refreshed until the next wine point and walk with that, uh, it's absolutely allowed at the Unbry Marathon. Then at about lunchtime, you reach finish line so now you've done eight on the friday evening you're doing 21 on the saturday the whole saturday afternoon is spent around swimming pools listening to music getting ready for the big party and dry of the saturday evening uh there we do lots of meat lots of sides lots of loud music and uh, we try and use up most wood in the whole of the dwarf and slumber <laughs> and then on the sunday morning it's uh, freshly baked croissants we've got a barista truck and then you set off for a 13k gen, uh, gentle jog through Jason's Hill and then the Slunguk cellar and in the Slunguk cellar particularly nice they take about a kilometer where you run through all the different um, tanks and cast aging cellars and stuff and then you end up at Gardini so that's another 13k later and then you get a medal that uh, says that you are the finisher of a marathon. So this is really the way to earn your marathon medal in style. Oh, man, it sounds absolutely fantastic. And I, I love the, the fact that you echo, you don't have to be one or the other in terms of an athlete or a person who enjoys a lifestyle which includes frying and wine. Yeah, there's a happy medium that uh, you can incorporate both. And, and this event certainly does live up to that rationale. So three days, 42 kilometers across those three days. You said Friday, Saturday and Sunday. What are the exact dates? So it's the uh, 18th, 19th and 20th of October. Now, uh, the attentive listener would wonder why you need to end now. We've still got some space. We've sold about, so we're catching for 350 participants, of which about half of the entries have already been sold. The reason why you need to enter early is to also book your accommodation. 
So the entry fee is 3500 per person. That's all your uh, bride meals, all your snacks, the route, the participation. Obviously, as any event, we give you some free stuff. Um, so all your booze and all your, your food and the running and your freebies. But what you have to do is you've got to book accommodation at the Khadini Artikafia Resort, which is the race village of the weekend. Now, there you can camp for quite cheap or you can sleep in chalets for, let's say, mid-range. Or you can sleep in fantastic mountain villas uh, if you live in Joburg and you're earning lots of money. But the accommodation sells out quite quickly. So the, that, that's the crucial bottleneck factor, why we encourage participants to enter early to book accommodation. Otherwise, you've got to sleep off-site, which obviously at an event like this where you might have more than one glass of wine isn't advisable. Yeah, certainly. So that's the Cardini Spa. And uh, yeah, it, it doesn't, uh, it's not a, a race. The 42Ks doesn't start and end at one venue and end at the other because uh, at each time you, you return back to the original venue. So it start and en- starts and ends uh, at uh, pretty much the same yeah. place. Um, if I'm not so mistaken. It's a Cloverleaf. Yeah. So you park, your, you park your car once on the Friday afternoon and you leave again on the Sunday afternoon. That's, that's magnificent. The Slunghook and Breedercliff Wine Valleys which is close to Rawsonville, 80 minutes from Cape Town CBD and an hour from Stellenbosch and Durbanville and 40 minutes from Paul. It depends on how fast you drive. I think it's about an hour from Cape Town. <laughs> but um, my colleague David Mosley is a SOTI, studied in Grahamstown. He, uh, he measured the, the, the drive times, but you know the Grahamstown uh, students, alumni, they, they just drive it. They are just a bit slow. I do, I do. <laughs> and uh, um, tell me, Jan Bry, um, I mean, how did you, you come up with this concept? I mean, I know you said that you, you wanted to incorporate a love for running and sport with your love for, for brying and wine, but I mean, this is, is going to the very limits of, of doing something like that because, I mean, if you had to speak to someone about an event like this 10, 15 years ago, they would have said, you're, you're out of your mind. But I mean, yeah, you, you came up with this idea and, and, and what has the response been like? The response has been phenomenal. We came up with it. We've been hosting quite a few purely brying events, so where it doesn't actually incorporate sport over the past decade in the uh, growth of the National Bride Day Project. That's, of course, my my day job is encouraging all South Africans to unite around fires on 24 September every year and, and celebrate National Bride Day. So to promote that and, and uh, get some groundswell support around the country, we've been hosting a lot of various size and different shapes and sizes of dry events over the years. Um, for me personally, I like to also do sports like running and cycling. So I was looking at ways to combine being uh, you know, fit and getting your exercise before you lighting the fire or maybe whilst the poiki is simmering on the fire getting a bit of exercise. Um, and about two years ago, I was invited to, you know, I'm, I'm sure you also get invited to these corporate, you know, where people want to pee or something. So yeah. we were driven um, on a bus to the Slungwick Valley and entertained by the local farmers for a day. It was a fantastic day. We drank a lot of Chen and Blanc. We had great breakfast, lunch and dinner. And they showed us all these mountain trails. But I couldn't actually understand the point of why, why they're showing it to us. And they said they want to, encourage visitors to the re, uh, region in the, let's call it the Western Cape uh, Wine uh, Society, Slunguk and Rawsonville could probably be described as what they say, the wrong side of the mountain. So it's on the other side of the mountain range as the Stalamosh and Pole, 
So the farmers there are all commercial farmers. It's not a guy who moves down from Joburg or, or from Europe and is, is not a hobby farmer. These farmers want tourism. They, they're standing with open, warm welcome, smiling faces, and, and they would love the world to come and see what is truly two magnificently beautiful uh, valleys. And um, they've got all the infrastructure to do this uh, because there are no private lands. So all these farmers want people to come and see how beautiful it is. So they're all happy for us to run across their vineyards and through their fainbos. And all the farmers have also been extremely helpful in laying out the trails that we use for the Umbro Marathon. Lovely. Uh, it sounds like an amazing event. I'm, I'm definitely going to do my best to get down there. Um, I'm actually in Stellenbosch next week, so I'll, I'll do a bit of a warm-up uh, by drinking copious yes. amounts of, of Pinotage uh, before I take to, uh, the vineyards to start running. And Jan Brown, finally, uh, you say uh, you're aiming for around 350 runners last year. You had 100. Um, how do listeners enter? How do they make sure that they book their spots right now? It's very simple, com. So you spell Jan in the South African way, you spell Bry in the South African way, and you spell Marathon in the global way, com. And uh, there's an entry form, so which I think is quite straightforward. If anybody thinks it's not straightforward, they should please let me know, because uh, I think it's foolproof. So please enter. Uh, we'd love to see you there, and uh, you can even take a selfie with Derek Albert. <laughs> yeah, won't be worth much, I promise you. I reckon Jan Bry will definitely be the more sought-after selfie around. Jan Bry, thank you so much. I really, really look forward to it. That's the Jan Bry Marathon. Um, simply log on to janbrymarathon.com to book your spot 18th to the 20th of October. Three days, seven wine farms and 42 kilometers. Yeah, it doesn't really get better than that. Uh, have a great day further, Jan Bry, and we'll see you in a couple of months' time. Thanks, Derek. Gonna hit the ground running. Thanks very much, Jan. I can't wait to return to the Winelands uh, a little later this year. I definitely will be there to firstly sample the magnificent surroundings, but more importantly, to take part in the Jan Brian Marathon. I can't wait. Now, we're going to stay in the Cape. Reason being, uh, my next guest is a guy who, who put on a bit of weight, okay, a lot of weight, but uh, he's since lost a lot of weight too, uh, due to a whole lot of endeavors, but uh, one in particular running, particularly trail running. Now, full disclosure, I've known him for many, many years. I regard him as my little brother. Uh, his older brother, James, and I were, were best friends growing up, and uh, obviously, as a result, this guy uh, and I became very, very close too. His name is Bruce Boshoff, but he goes by the name of Trailblazer Bruce. He's really fallen in love with the sport of trail running. And since then, he's put out a blog where he chronicles every single adventure. Um, and I'm very lucky to have him on the line. Bruce, welcome to the show. Great to chat to you. Firstly, tell us a bit more about yourself. Cheers, Derek. Yeah, you know, growing up, I was always into sport. And, you know, I loved cricket and rugby and soccer, tennis, you name it. Um, I played it. And then something happened after university uh, between 2005 and 2012, and I'm not quite sure what, but between those seven years, um, I managed to clock up the weight and, you know, I looked again and stepped on the scale and I was 140, 145 kilograms. And that was a big shock to me, especially when you start seeing people that you knew that you went to school with. 
and they were like, ah, Bruce, you know, you're getting big, what's happening? Um, and you don't really see yourself getting big at that time because you're still in the mold and in, in the mind frame of, you know, someone that um, you believe to be quite uh, adventurous and sport loving. But, you know, I suppose you lose ambition a little bit and, you know, life becomes uh, a little bit more permanent and you think that, you know, there's there's always going to be something at uh, at the end of the tunnel and you lose perspective um i would say and i think at that particular time that that was the the rock bottom and everyone says you've got to hit rock bottom before you you know what to do and you know at that stage my fiance um who's now fortunate enough uh, i'm a lucky man to call her my wife we left to thailand for three years and decided you know we need a change um and just to explore Asia and, and, and have a different experience and to experience a different culture. And at that stage, you know, Thailand obviously um, was a huge benefit to my life just due to the, the geographical nature of it um, and the weather conditions. I mean, it's extremely hot and just by walking around, you, you lose weight. So, um, and, and then I got, you know, to, to meet a couple of mates that side and, you know, we had a few English friends, a few Scottish friends and, you know, to this day, some of our best friends uh, are American and, and they come from Miami. And we started a, I started a football club, um, a five-a-side futsal club, uh, which was, to this day, they're, st they're still running. I passed that over to a friend of mine when I left three years later. They um, called uh, the Surat Penguins. Um, and, you know, we were the only foreign team to play in the Thai futsal um, semi-professional amateur league, which which was fantastic. Um, and that, obviously, running around five-a-side football um, is what really was a catalyst for me getting myself back and, and finding my way home again. Um, and when I left Thailand um, at that stage as well, I was also, you know, involved in some CrossFit. And a friend of mine, Aiden Diedrichs, uh, who's a CrossFit coach down in Port Elizabeth, was sending me a workout of the days and getting me involved in CrossFit. And that was really helping. Um, and then strangely enough, when I came back to South Africa, I picked up some of that weight again. I think I was up to about 120 kilograms. And then I found Muay Thai, which is so ironic because I didn't do any Muay Thai when I was in Thailand, um, which was quite a regret after I got involved in it uh, yeah, in Cape Town. And I, I joined a gym called Camp Fight. Um, David Dornbrack's uh, the head coach there. And, you know, it was a fantastic experience and it just changed my life. And, you know, I fought my way back down again from, you know, about 126 to, to about 108 kilograms. But this time I really started to see body formation and transformation change. And then, you know, my wife and I, we were fortunate enough to have a baby and she fell pregnant. Um, September the 22nd was when we found out, uh, 2017. And Shiloh Addison Borsoff was born uh, May 2018, uh, May the 14th. And during that period, I stopped going to Muay Thai because responsibilities changed and, you know, I got a promotion at work and my shifts changed. So Muay Thai wasn't an option anymore, but I, I still needed to find something. It took me about three, four months, uh, maybe even longer, to find another discipline. And, you know, I was struggling what to do. And I, I enjoyed running, you know, especially during Muay Thai. I mean, it was part of our training to keep fit um, outside of the gym. But I never really considered uh, trail running, but I was looking for something that, you know, was 
spiritual in a sense where you know i could really touch into you know the raw nature of of myself and and what i want in life and and what i'm looking for and you know almost a, a sense of meditation and being in touch with the simplisticness of life um so i decided to hit the trail um and just decided i'm going to buy a pair of shoes you know buy some some gear and and just join an event and i still remember my first event was out at uh, dirtopia and uh, it was a 7k run and it was the resolution run uh, aptly named for the start of the year january and yeah it, it was insane um the elevation i think at that stage was only like 80 meters or something but my my first run you know i really felt that little yo and at the end of that i was hooked uh, the rest of the year i did um the goal was to do one event a month i ended on 11 um so just missed it by one um and yeah i joined the summer series um which was fantastic really enjoyed that uh, four trail runs you know throughout cape town Kirstenbosch, and you know mirandale just insane being out there you know in the wild and it always seems to happen that you find yourself out on the trail by yourself um and that's i think what i love the most you know everyone would disappear and you'd be out there in the mountain on the trail uh, on the hill, in the ravine, whatever the situation is, and it's just you breathing nature, uh, you know, you hurting and you can't stop because you're in the middle of nowhere, so you got to get out there. Um, and it's just a sense of, of survival, I suppose. Um, it's hard to explain, it's, but it's, it's, um, it's very archaic and almost, you know, animalistic in a sense. Um, which is, you know, just that adventure spirit calling at the end of the day. Uh, so, yeah, that's how that's how it started. That's how I got into it. Yeah, I, I do think we've all been there. And kudos to you for taking it forward because anything anyone can start uh, a new hobby, a new adventure, but uh, the trick is, or the key, is to, to, to make sure that you, you continue with it, especially if you enjoy it, and, and there's no doubt about it that, that you certainly do. And now you started this blog, trailblazerbruce.com. How, how did that come about? Yeah, the blog's an interesting one, you know. I always enjoyed a little bit of writing, you know, dabbled around with, you know, the idea of writing a book and or chronicling uh, particular travels, you know, before Thailand, we were off in America for a year and a half where I was a fine art auctioneer and, you know, my fiance at that time, um, she worked with me and, you know, we traveled around the world and we did land auctions and we did auctions on, on cruise ships as well. And we got to see incredible places, you know, Alaska, the Caribbean, um, pretty much the whole of the Caribbean. Uh, we got to see, you know, Canada and Quebec and you know, just insane places, a lot of America, California, Hawaii. I mean, I could go on and on. Um, so, you know, I wanted to do somewhat of a travel journal. Uh, but that never really, you know, got off the ground. And then I started writing a bit of a fiction story as well, based around adventure. And I just, I just love the process and the creativity of of writing. Um, and then, yeah, I've just decided, um, you know, having a chat to to a friend of mine, um, and I had obviously, you know, shared the idea uh, with you as well. And you know, we thought, well, it would be a good idea to chronicle my runs and and the adventures therein and the journey, um, but primarily because of the goal that you know I've set for myself, and it's because I want to show, and I would like to motivate and, and inspire people out there today to 
to realize that the only difference between an athlete and you is choice. That's primarily what it's all about. And, you know, I want to prove that. Now, I know that there are big plans ahead. Well, there are already big plans afoot. And from what I understand, you've already got a sponsor on board. Yes, 100%. You know, we, we've, uh, along the journey, I'm going to need assistance. I'm going to need help. Um, and one of the, the, the first sponsors that I do have on board is a, a relocations company called Iron Horse Relocations. Um, they're international as well as national. And, you know, they've got behind me and sponsored me with some kit um, to wear out on the trails, which is fantastic. And, you know, obviously looking for more sponsors as we go. I mean, it'll be fantastic for, for me to show certain brands out there that, you know, it's not just the athletes that, that wear their brands. It certainly is uh, achievable. Now, what is next uh, in terms of runs and adventures? Ah, what's next? So in the immediate future in terms of, you know, three of the, the bigger ones that uh, I'm aiming for, on the 1st of May, we've got the uh, Dumont Rochelle 22-kilometer uh, trail run, uh, which is uh, quite a bit of ascent in that one. It's a beautiful peak out on, on Paul's side. And then we've got on the 9th of June, which is the big one, it's the Beast Challenge. Um, and I'm choosing to do the, the 30 kilometer on that one, which is pretty much, um, I think it's three of the peaks that, that we climb uh, up Table Mountain. And I know that only after 17 kilometers do you then ascend Plata Clip Gorge, um, which is from the cable uh, way base to the top of, of Table Mountain. So, you know, that's a real test in, in, in terms of endurance. And then on the 13th of July, we've got the Bastille Trail Run. We've spoken about the, the blog, obviously, but now what else can people follow to, to track your progress? Uh, the best way for anyone to stay in touch and to follow my progress and, you know, to be a part of this journey, Derek, will be to definitely log in and follow me on the website. That's www.trailblazerbruce.com. You can become a member. You can get in touch with me through live chat on that as well. You can also email me at trailblazerbruce uh, at gmail.com. And then you can follow me on Instagram, trailblazerbruce and and on Twitter, you can search Bruce Bosoff as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to collaborating with many people as possible. I want to, you know, inspire a notion to change. Um, and I also want, you know, people to realize that it's possible. Um, and we don't always have to sit and, and think about changing, you know, why we can't and, you know, create these justifications for, for our failures. Um, at the end of the day, it's a single choice and it's then the ability to follow through. So that's what I want to do. I want to follow through and I want to take as many people as possible with me on this journey as we follow through together. And if there's anybody out there that wants to join me um, on this ultra, then let's go for it. You know, hook me up, uh, we can do it together. And um, yeah, let's, let's achieve, you know, what, what we deem to be impossible. Absolutely love it, Bruce. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. I know we go back many, many years, but uh, I'm blown away with your commitment to the cause. And I've been so impressed uh, with your dedication over the past couple of years, particularly over the last year, once you found uh, your passion in trail running. No, thank you, Derek, uh, for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, and it's, it's been great. Gonna hit the ground running. From a trailblazer to a hellraiser. He's just recently added another eight tattoos to his rapidly shrinking torso. 
including how's this? Now, we've got a super brew group going amongst uh, friends and family. And I'm sure you know about Superbrew. It's it's uh, a betting platform, but for lack of a better word, you're not really betting money or anything. Well, you can if you want to, but it's a predicting platform for all sorts of sports. So we do one for Super Rugby, and usually in these type of games, the winner gets rewarded, but that's not the case in our group. The reason being is that because it's such a long tournament, if guys tend to not be winning after a couple of weeks, then they just fall out of it completely. And then you end up having about three or four guys really competing where most of them have just pretty much given up. So in order to ensure that guys stay in the game for as long as possible, well, to the very end, we punish the guy who comes last, the guy or girl. In this case, it's majority guys, I think. No, there there is actually a a couple of girls in in the competition. And uh, how it works, so the, the person who comes last gets punished. And the person who comes first gets to decide the punishment. And Darren Kubel Brahm ended up coming last uh, a year ago. And the guy who won, his nickname is Two Eyes. Reason being is that his name is Ian, but the spelling of his name has two eyes in it. And we've already got another Ian in the group, which is spelt uh, the more regular version, I A N. And because you don't want to confuse the two and keep on saying Ian, Ian, Ian. Um, we just obviously gave the other one with two eyes in his name, the nickname Two Eyes. As a result, he demanded that Darren get a tattoo on his bum with bearing his nickname. And yeah, so Darren's latest tattoo is an image of two eyes, as in cue balls, actually. No, eyeballs, eyeballs, sorry. So he got two eyes, as in eyeballs, and uh, he got the tattoo on his bum cheek. And yeah, so cue ball has eyeballs. Uh, And of course, he is continuing his quest to complete another Comrades Marathon. Cue ball's Comrades Corner. How's it, Derek? Yeah, seems like quite a while since I spoke to you and reported on what was going on on the uh, Comrades training front. I'd like to have said that it was going pretty smoothly and I was hoping that that would be the case considering that the training hasn't been up to scratch January, February, March or at least where I'd want it to be. So I knew April was always going to be the month that's going to determine how how I'm going to do in the Comrades. And yeah, so I was hoping that April would start off well and I was going to do some good distances. Um, the last time we spoke was when I did the Cosmos 3-in-1. Um, so following the Cosmos 3-in-1 and the elation of that of, of finishing and getting my permanent number, I rested the, the week after the 3-in-1 and I'm around about the Thursday I decided to go out for a little run. Uh, went out and just a short 5k and wasn't pushing or anything and it got to about four kilometers and I felt this like sort of pull in my hamstring so I walked back home um didn't think much of it I just thought maybe it was tight from the run uh then on the Sunday myself and tech Steve went for a a short 20k and, and when I started running I could feel that the hamstring was pretty tight um carried on running through through that and got to 15 kilometers my hamstring completely went it was the most painful experience 
So yeah, I had to take Steve, actually came to pick me up with a car. Um, and then of course had to rest that. Went to a sports therapist who kind of found that my hamstrings were tight and it wasn't a tear, it was just more of a pull. So rested that out. And then, um, so I didn't do any more long runs again coming that the following weekend. Then I decided that I'd go out for a, a short tester, which was last week. Um, and yeah, the first run I went on, I don't know, my ankle seemed to be tight, the left ankle. And then two days later, I went for another run. And you cannot believe it, but while I was running, um, my calf muscle tore. So I'm nursing that injury at the moment. Um, and it's a bit worrying because, you know, the, the, the April just seems to be flying past me. And it is the most important month for putting on distance so that you know what it feels like going into comrades. So I'm supposed to run this Saturday with Steve, the Lost Corp 50 kilometer. Um, so I'm really hoping that this calf, it feels a little bit better. Um, and I'm hoping that by Saturday it will be, uh, be repaired. Obviously I can't push Lost Corp. Um, my intention there was to try and do a, a sub 5 hour 35 and try and push me into the G batch um, for comrades. But that would just be silly on my part. So the, the idea for Saturday would be just to go out um, slowly and just enjoy the day. Probably just go and do close to the six-hour mark. Um, I wouldn't like to go over six hours, so just under six hours. Um, but also just at the end, maybe feel good. And most importantly, uh, that the leg holds up. Um, the calf doesn't tear anymore. So I'm going for another massa massage on Friday at the sports therapist and then she'll strap it as well so that hopefully it holds out for the 50k but yeah it's a bit concerning because it's like i say it's an important month and um you definitely don't want to be sitting at home trying to nurse an injury um, when the distance needs to be done so hopefully saturday will be a good run i'm not gonna i'll try and run on this tomorrow and just see how it feels um but yeah let's wish me luck and let's see if we can do it on saturday Report back next week and see that I've done a hopefully done a good run. Thanks, Derek. Gonna hit the ground running. He's a runner from another mother, a gadget guru who has all the clues. The 007 in the O double one. I'm talking about none other than Tech Steve. The Tech Session with Steve Hill. Hello Derek, today Under Armour claims the Hover HOVR series of shoes has been designed for a zero gravity feel and a great energy return. The added cushioning helps absorb and eliminate impact and the energy web used which contains the new Hover foam should give back as much energy as you give to every stride when running. Apparently you've never felt a shoe like this before. It's literally like wrapping your foot in a pillow but one that's so super light that you forget it's there. It's comfort that comes from the anatomically designed molded interior, the super plush knit collar, and the layers of plush material that envelop your foot. Simply put, the second you step into the Under Armour Hover, you'll know why they call it a whole new running experience. Sounds like running heaven, doesn't it? But wait, why am I talking about a running shoe? Well, let's take it that one little step further. The Under Armour Hover connected series yes not only are these really comfortable running shoes apparently but they're also integrated with a chip that can track running metrics such as pace cadence stride length and distance 
Basically, you can run without any gadgets, just your shoes, and still keep your running goals in check. Under Armour's embedded record sensor technology tracks, analyzes, and stores virtually every running metric, so you know exactly what you need to do to get better. It also integrates to the Map My Run app to give runners real-time data on their fitness performance as well as their post-workout stats. The connected sneakers will even go so far as to measure your gait for you to help minimize your risk of injury. They were released originally in February 2018, so a year old now, and have managed to stay relatively low-key, but it is being reported that additional ranges are being added soon, releasing shortly with updates to both the shoes and the technology and tracking capabilities. You have to download the Map My Run app to add your shoe and you'll get access to a long list of helpful tools for maximizing and interpreting your workouts. Pairing is extremely easy. Map My Run will just ask you to shake the right shoe to activate the chip and within seconds your pair of shoes will be connected. So what does the Map My Run app give you? It has distance, duration, pace, stride length, calories and cadence in real time. Afterwards you see your average speed, max speed and other interesting personal stats. You can check your stride length measured by your shoes and this will help reduce the risk of injury you get access to in-app coaching and training that adapts to you you set goals in the app once again it's available for both android and ios that's a key feature these days you can load pre-planned running routes near where you want to run you can add friends and interact with the community and you can integrate apple music if you want to aside from map my run under armor has updated its companion app with the personalized gate coaching feature this analyzes your stride and uses the info that you give and gives you tips on how to run with less effort and once again reducing the risk of injury. Based on your different runs, the digital gait coach gives you a summary and then shows you how your current form compares with each. The goal naturally is to help you make adjustments and get to your ideal running form using the coaching suggestions. It's an exciting gimmick yet to be adopted by any of the other major running brand names. This limits the use slightly and if you're an established runner or have your favorite comfortable brands, I doubt that you'll spend the extra money for a pair of shoes that you might use. It's also worth noting that they're currently only available as neutral shoes, but let's see what the new ranges bring. For techies and gadget fans that measure, track and follow everything, this is a cool shoe and you can insert a massive smiley face right about here. The Under Armour Hover Connected Series, go and check it out. If you want your tech featured, please email us at runhuntertech at icloud.com. I'm also on Instagram at Stephen P. Hill. Bye. Gonna hit the ground running. Thank you, Stephen Hill. Finally, last but not least, let's get to our Club of the Week. Club Commitments. Now, we spent a lot of time in the Cape with this episode, but let's return to Johannesburg for arguably one of the most well-known running clubs in Gauteng and also probably one of the most well-known clubs in general when it comes to sport. You think of Wanderers, you just think of cricket, you think of rugby, and of course, you think of running. On the line, we've got Samantha, and and very rude of me, Sam. I've actually just realized I I didn't even ask for your surname. Oh, it's Bisky. Like biscuits, but not. <laughs> okay, well, Samantha Bisky, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you are the chairperson of uh, Wanderers Athletics Club. Uh, tell us a bit more about it. Yeah, basically, we are essentially a running club. We form part of the Greater Wanderers Club as well. And we're just a mix of all types of runners, be it elite athletes to the weekend warriors, 
we all come together on Tuesday and Thursday nights at the club where we do a mixture of track events. On Thursdays, our very popular time trial where we see about 300 people at our club every week. And then we have the odd club run over the weekend. But essentially, we're just a group of good friends who come together and run. That's an astounding number for time trials. You say around 300? Yes. I mean, not all of them are Wanderers members themselves. Our time trials open to the greater Joburg population. So it's members from other clubs who come and join us as well, as do we go and join them at their time trials. So it's uh, inter-club social, put it that way, on a Thursday night. And and you say not all of them are members, but uh, for those that want to become members, uh, how do they go about it? Yeah, if you want to become a member, you can go onto the website, the Wanderers Club website, or you can go directly into our website, which is Wanderers Athletics Club, um, or similarly email us at wanderersathleticsclub at gmail.com, and we can hook you up. Okay, and uh, tell us a bit more about your outfit and uh, any races uh, that you guys put together. I mean, we've spoken exactly about that regarding those time trials. Anything else that members can look forward to? Yes, so in August, we actually host an extremely popular 21-kilometer race, as well as a 10, a 5, and a walker's race. And that forms part of the Vitality Series, which started about three years ago, which is a mix of four clubs. And we basically host number three in the series, and that's at the club, at the Wonders Club. And you run 21K through the beautiful suburbs of Birdhaven and Elovo. And that's really, really popular. We see about 7,000 people usually every August coming to enjoy our event. Ah, oh, magnificent. And, and tell us a bit more about the history of uh, the Wanderers Athletics Club. As you mentioned, you, you, you're part of the Wanderers Club. I mean, that, that goes back to the, the 1800s, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, you can't quote me on that. I'm not sure how old we are, but I know that the athletic section is about 90, I think. Yeah, I think we're in our 90th or 91st year this year. But uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But yeah, we have been around for a long time. And as you said, we are a very well-established club within Johannesburg. And yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun to be a part of it, especially being a part of the Greater Wanderers facility as well. It's an immaculate club and the facilities are first class. So we really do enjoy it running from there and obviously using the facilities afterwards as well. Uh, do you have an idea of as to how many members you, you currently have? Yes, we've got about 310 this year. Wow, that's a, that's a very good number. And, and of course, you're always looking for more, I take it. I mean, it's if, if people, you, you spoke about how they want to get involved. Um, there is still openings, I, I take it. Yes, of course. I mean, the majority of our runners will sign up in January already, obviously for the start of the new racing year. But um, we're taking runners throughout the year. And, um, yeah, I mean, we are open to everybody to come and join us on a Tuesday and Thursday, not just Wanderers members. So if anyone would want to come and join us, they're more than welcome to come and join us in the evenings. And we do a lot of social running as well. And come test it out. Hopefully they'll join afterwards. And uh, from a personal point of view, you chairperson of uh, Wanderers Athletics Club, how, how long have you filled the role for? Uh, only two years. I actually, st- I only just moved to Joburg about two years ago, and I started playing hockey for Wanderers and squash. And with that, I saw this amazing time trial on the go, and I was like, oh, it looks like a group of fun people, and ended up running with them. And then, yeah, a year later, I got onto the committee, as one does, to give back. And a year after that, I found myself being the chairperson so it's developed quite quickly but 
I really made an incredible amount of good friends through it and some good contacts. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Magnificent. Where did you make the trip up from? You say you've only been in Joburg for two years? Yes, I'm an Eastern Cape girl at heart. Um, oh, where, living where, in a big city. Where, where about? East London. Oh, okay. East London. I, I'm originally a PE boy. So. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, Samantha Biskey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, Wonders if you want to make sure to join, there are plenty of openings still available. It's uh, one of the most historic clubs sporting-wise in the country. And uh, simply log on uh, to their website to find out more, uh, wacza.co.za. Uh, Samantha, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you out on the road. Perfect. It's a pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Ciao. So that wraps it up for another episode of Run Hunter. Thanks to my guests. Thank you for listening. Remember more info at Derek Alberts One on Twitter or simply mail info at Raider.media. Cheers. Happy running. Thanks for listening to Run Hunter. Brought to you by Raider Media. 